0: Because you said, you know, when you die, it's nice to leave something behind. Mm-hmm. Why are you aware of that?
1: Hmm. Um, I don't know. But I think uh, there comes a point, you know, in your 30s and 40s when you start to think that, right? You start to think, I'm coming to the middle of my life, maybe, you know, Um or you've done a few things and some have worked and some have not worked as you expected and you start to wonder you know what your life is going to be about what you're going to look back on um you know when you are 80 90 or whatever and you can't do as many things as you want to do maybe what do you want to look back on that you've uh, you've contributed to you know was it um you know growing a nice family and experiencing all that which is, is fantastic you know and um, so that's really important to me that's number one Right, having taken years out um growing a company which was like my baby for several years no more right it, the family is absolutely number one and everything is secondary so whatever I do with a new business or music or if I have to go on tour they're coming with me you know whether they like it or not Um <laughs> uh, so yeah I think probably it doesn't have to come at a certain time in your life does it but at some point you gain more perspective and you you think what's really going on here Um, there's a good song isn't there um, Time by uh, Pink Floyd that uh, one day you find ten years have got behind you no one told you when to run you missed the starting gun you know you realise that life has been moving on and it's not a rehearsal and it's not some preparation for something later it's been going on already Um, so you better think that you're doing things that matter, you
0: know. What's your life story? Welcome to Inspirational Interviews with Jen Rod, where you will discover everyday brave hearts connecting with their truth. Find out what inspires them to do what they love, how they got here and why they never give up. Be inspired by these stories to create your beautiful life with your host, Jen Rod. Welcome back to Inspirational Interviews. Um, just a heads up, I do interview professionally for other organizations. So if any of you are looking for an interviewer, um, just yeah, send me an email via my website, inspirationalinterviews.com. If you're on Instagram, you can send me a message there. And um yeah, otherwise Jen at inspirationalinterviews dot com. Um yeah, my main focus is interviewing people about their life stories and that's well it's biographical, so that's where my where my love is. But of course, um Yeah, I'd be happy to interview on specific business topics, for example. Um, Yeah, I kind of stay away from politics. I've done that before, done a talk show with politics and I realized, you know what, that's not my genre. So always happy to dip in and out of it within conversations um, when I'm interviewing people about their life stories. But when it comes to, yeah, to where my real exploration and curiosity and inquiry comes from, Um, which is then obviously what creates a beautiful interview. It is, uh, yeah, finding out about people's love stories. So, yeah, send me a message if you're interested or if you know somebody, maybe you know an older person who wants to reflect back on their life and they, yeah, they want to share their life story. But, you know, how? How do you do that? Well, I can help them tell their story. So, ideally, um, yeah, I'm based in the Netherlands. So, obviously, anybody in the Netherlands that's easy accessible, Uh, And of course, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to fly anywhere if anyone wants uh, someone who, yeah, who they can trust. And obviously, you've been following my interviews, so you understand the way I interview and, you know, what my intentions are. So, of course, I can, you know, I can fly over as well on assignments. But, yeah, keep that in mind. So, if you know anyone who's wanting to tell a life story or needs um, somebody to do some interviewing for them, then send me a message at Inspirational Interviews. Dot com and now without any further ado i want to welcome you guys to this next amazing guest it was such an awesome conversation talking about uh the love for music and how did that start it is such a beautiful story to find out how did ray's love for music start like how did he suddenly find out that actually he could sing i mean he sang in in the shower and who doesn't sing in the shower? Well, actually I don't really sing in the shower, but, um, yeah, a lot of people do sing in the shower, but they never think, Oh, I'm going to take this to the stage. But there was a beautiful story that happened where he was like, Oh my word. You know, that was, that was not normal. Like that was exceptional. And it was at that moment he realized actually, um, Yeah, I think I'm going to give this whole singing thing a go. So, and, you know, also in his adult years when this happens. So you guys who, any of you have this creative, tickling fancy that's going on inside your brain. um, Well, he has a beautiful story to find out how somebody else uh, accessed that little voice and made it happen. And then we talk about, yeah, building companies and getting them on the stock exchange. And then years later, losing it. And how do you lose it? And it's, yeah, what a fascinating story that is. Um, and then starting another company. And, you know, just getting into the head of someone who's able to create an album on Spotify, first of all, which he has, by the way. You can look at it at Ray Gibson on Spotify. And then plus he's, you know, put a company on the stock exchange, which he lost. But then he started another company. And I mean, it's just, yeah, he has a guy who's going out there and making the most of his life. And that's what these stories are about. It's about going out there and, you know, speaking to people who are making the most of their life and, you You know, you guys who are listening, you're probably also making the most of your life. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to these stories or you are wanting to. And this is where you're wanting to get some inspiration from. You're wanting to get a sense of connection from because stories connect us. They make us feel one because you're hearing Ray's story. And maybe while you're not putting a company on the stock exchange, there are things that he says that you can relate to. And it's so beautiful when you hear these stories because in every single person's story, I always say this. There's always something you can relate to, whether you're a man or a woman or transgender or like whatever, you know, all these different um, identity um, spaces there are in the world, which is so stunning. If you're any one of these things, every single person's story has has an essence that you can connect with. And that's why stories are so important. So super important to listen to a whole story if you really want to get the benefit of the wisdom of a story because you only really understand the nuance. I um, uh, For me, stories are like art. I mean, it's, you know, I'm very creative. I paint and I, I do all these creative things. And when I sit and I listen to someone's story, for me it's an art process it's a it's a melody it's um you know i'm i'm not just asking questions there's a a space that i get into where um yeah where i go on this journey and these these stories are incredible and you will always find that every single story you listen to you'll see that i identify a certain patterns in a person's life. And I find that so fascinating because you also have a pattern, by the way, all of you who are listening to me right now, everyone has patterns. And I said that in my, my mission statement, I said that people, if you hear people's story, you start to also see this sense of continuity that they have in their life, this pattern that they keep repeating. And and what I, what I find out also is that, Often people keep repeating this pattern not because they know that it, it brings an element of chaos in their life, but they do it because it keeps them excited. Um, it's, it's super interesting. So, yeah, when you listen to a full story, you identify these patterns that someone has, if it's even a pattern of, of the way they think or like a philosophical approach to life. or And you have one too, whether you know it or not, you also have a pattern. So... Yeah, if you start really listening to a lot of these stories, you'll you'll start to understand what your pattern is. It will reveal itself. So guys, without any further ado, I cannot wait to go into this conversation and let you guys join me on this journey. And also, all my guests leave Uh, wisdoms behind, and it's these wisdoms that you will always remember because you've listened to their stories, so you understand the essence of the wisdom, you understand where the wisdom comes from. Of course, you can go into a beautiful motivational quotes book or a motivational page on Instagram and, you know, you can be fed with these motivational quotes, but I can guarantee you it's going to go out of your head the next day, Um, which is fine. It gave you a kick for that day and it gave you maybe the voom that you needed, But when you listen to someone's story, because you've gone on this journey and you've you've identified and you've seen their story in your mind's eye, you don't forget the messages that they that they bring you. Yeah. Without any further ado, please welcome my next guest, Ray Gibson. I wanted you to come in because I know you, but we've never really had a whole conversation about your career. What really got my attention from when i first met you was the fact Mm -hmm. that you had started that company yeah and then the fact that you yeah you'd got investors involved and you just seemed to be okay i said a young age but you know got young kids and you were also new in amsterdam and early time of your life where you'd set Mm -hmm. up this business and seemed to make Mm -hmm. grow into the stock market exactly Mm -hmm. how far did you take that company
1: yeah we, we took it from um a, a little startup of two or three people yeah. um, when I lived in Berlin um, to a public listed company Yeah, in uh, Canada, the US and Germany. Um, running a startup is hard. It doesn't always work. Yeah. Right? 90% fail. Um, we are in that statistic, right? <laughs> so unfortunately, um, it, it didn't work out in the end. But we did learn a lot along the way mm. and um, we had some successes as well. Mm. Um you know, I like to think we made some good decisions, um, but yeah, in the end, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Mm. Um, but still friends with everybody involved, and um, yeah, try to make the best of it of what you can, yeah. um, and find another way forward, yeah.
0: yeah. So what company was that? What was it? Tell, tell us about that business.
1: Yeah, so it was a recruiting software company. Um, we had an insight that recruitment was backwards, Um, after several years working in the industry and getting tired of reading CVs. Mm. um, So I sat down once and worked out I'd read about half a million CVs. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, (laughs) um, because you come from a recruiting background, right? Yeah,
1: recruiting and HR. Um, My first clients in recruiting were Sun Microsystems and uh, Cisco and people always in technology. Yeah. And, um, you know, you work on a range of positions for those kinds of companies, including customer-facing roles, And I just felt that there was a lot of time wasted um, reviewing documents and then meeting a real person close to the end of a recruiting cycle. And then you would figure out that they weren't a culture fit or the personality was not what you expected or the language skills Mm. or communication skills, energy, you just maybe wasn't there. And Mm. uh, you'd all wasted a lot of time. And by then they're in a room. Yeah. Um, So we had an insight that Um, With social media building up and Snapchat and Instagram and all these things um, that if you had a short video at the start of the recruitment process that if someone could apply with a 15 second video as well as their CV Mm. then you could review that Mm. and you'd have a chance especially for customer facing jobs and we worked a lot in retail and hospitality you'd have a chance at getting that personality fit much sooner and then that would be supported by the skills and experience and that worked. Um, so it was extremely successful in identifying the right kinds of talent for those industries, not for technology roles. Mm. You know, developers are much um, better at talking to a screen. Right? That's, <laughs> they, they have their niche uh, and they're great at what they do, but they're not expected to be gushing personalities and they're not expected to yeah. do selfie videos. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but for hospitality and retail, it worked great. Yeah. Um, so we built that up. Um, And we had several pivots along the way and um, became an applicant tracking system, not just a mobile app. Um, But we were always slightly behind. We always felt that we were trying to catch up. Um, So there always seemed to be a bit more product that needed to be built to get that perfect fit Mm. for the customers. And it was very capital intensive. Mm. Um, And that's what led us to go on the stock market to do a small IPO to raise money. Um, But then our stock got attacked. Actually, somebody did a pump and dump on our stock in Germany. uh, And the stock price went up from, you know, something like 40 cents to more than a full euro Mm. and then back down again to like 20 cents. And when that happened, we never fully recovered. Um, We tried and we created a blockchain solution in HR and all kinds of things. But in the end that was what really damaged us seriously because it was hard to get capital into the company mm. to to satisfy the customers with the features that they really needed. Yeah. So we had customers that were excited and liked us and they were telling us exactly what to build to make this a perfect fit mm. for what they needed and we just couldn't get quite far enough. I mean we even had um, a big job board in Germany that gave us an exclusive contract. To sell to all of their hotels across mm. Germany, for mm. example, um, but we couldn't satisfy that contract because we didn't have enough resource to build out the features that were needed. And when that happened early in 2019, then we made a tough decision. Well, you know, we're not supporting this as professionally as we would like. We should actually, you know, close it down if we can't get new funding. Mm. Um, so we made a tough choice in um, March 2019 to close it down. And we moved our customers to other solutions mm-hmm. and gave them a transition. So we were careful not to just kind of switch out the lights at midnight and mm-hmm. good luck, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think at least we did that well. Um, and they were devastated that we couldn't continue. But they understood that things would start to break and it would not be as good an experience in the future. So, mm. uh, yeah, it was a tough, tough time. But um yeah that was last year and now we're almost a year on yeah um and working on other things
0: yeah so you're also a musician as well oh, like yeah. you know that's like something i really want to explore with you as well because here yeah, you were starting a company but your love is also music yeah um and you say moving on to other things now and now you've also started another recruitment company so mm-hmm. going back to that other business you needed to close down for yourselves also right or
1: yeah i mean i'd borrowed money personally to keep things going to try to bridge the gap from where we were to getting new funding and that didn't work right which i still have to pay off
0: (laughs) seriously Um, yeah but i mean
1: it's a risk that we took and my wife and i talked about it and we said well let's let's just keep trying we still believe this is the last effort and that also didn't work right so yeah um yeah. And then we just tried to transition. I mean, not everybody is happy. You know, some people lost jobs and things like that. And, you know, we didn't all get paid, including me and my, my co-founders. So that hurts, yeah. you know, Um people understood that they were in a startup situation and they had insight to what was going on. We didn't hide the facts so everybody could see mm. where we were, you know, which clients we had, what revenue we had. Um, So, yeah, it wasn't a shock to people what Mm. was happening and people that kept working until the end knew, okay, it's at my risk that I might not get paid in the end. So, um, yeah, we're not getting sued by former employees or anything like that. But nevertheless, it's uncomfortable. And Mm. I don't like that fact that that's the way sometimes things end up.
0: Yeah. But I mean, who does? I mean, okay, Mm. fine. You do get narcissists out there that are doing it completely for their own gain. Mm. Um, And that that exists absolutely yeah. and there's there's a there's a handful of people mm. out there yeah. you know that don't care what happens to other people but yeah most people do and um but at the end of the day it is a business and it it wasn't a personal it wasn't you closing it for a personal profit gain you, no, no you, do, not. you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah. you know you like you shouldn't be thinking I don't know. i like, I did my best. I mean, right. I mean, yeah. you, obviously you did your best, but I mean, it's a business and it didn't work. Mm. So yeah.
1: Yeah. mean uh, and the best people stayed in contact and, um, yeah, I mean, we even worked together on other things because yeah. there's a lot of mutual respect. And, um, you know, when we announced on LinkedIn, the, the response was favorable, like, oh you did everything you could and those kinds of remarks. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel bad for some things, but in the end, we did the best that we could. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, the so talk, what's a pump and a dump you talk about on the stock market? I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with that, so.
1: I'm also not familiar with it uh, <laughs> until <laughs> it happens. Let's so, get familiar. <laughs> so apparently, you can pick up a penny stock, you know, a, a stock that's not very expensive. Yeah. And you can buy hundreds of thousands or even millions of shares yeah. online, right, which everybody can do. Sure. Um And what happened in our case was somebody obviously bought a lot of stock quietly. Um, Don't you
0: see it? I mean, aren't they like, I mean, doesn't someone have a.
1: There there are ledgers and there are treasuries, but if you buy through brokers, apparently you can cover your tracks quite well. Um, So somebody had been buying up some stock quietly. um, And what we heard from the regulators in Germany was that there was an email going around the german investor community Mm. that our company was the next linkedin it was going to be bigger than monster linkedin indeed and all of these guys Mm. and our share price was probably going to be you know not 40 or 50 cent where it was today but five or six euros you know Mm. 10 times more valuable easily Mm. this was the next big thing because it was a very colorful story right you know uh, apply for a job with a video use your mobile enabling right so it's a story you can engage with yeah so that's what resonated with some unscrupulous group and um, they you know even made like an explainer video about our company um, selling the dream um, and saying all the things that you can't say if it would come from us, you can't say we're going to be worth X. That's, no. that's against the rule. You can say, you know, we believe in our vision to do this yeah. and, and serve these types of customers. But you can't make what's for, called forward-looking statements. You can't mm-hmm. do that because it's misleading. Um, and that's exactly what they did. Um, and it went around the whole of the German-speaking territories, apparently. And the regulators in Germany managed to get a copy and uh so then they realized something was going on that it was not coming from us they asked is this you have you paid for this promotion so no absolutely not Mm. um and then another day um, i got a call when i was on stage with one of our customers i just finished giving a presentation and i got a very unhappy german regulator on the phone saying you know what is happening with your stock today um and i said well i'm just you know with a customer running my business um, we're not doing anything with our stock apart from putting out you know a, a newsletter twice a month or something like that, with just yeah. regular statements. Um, but they could see that somebody was actually accelerating the stock and pushing up the price. And the idea, I think, is that you buy it quietly and then you push up the price with the news or the fake news and if then it becomes, years, more, becomes valuable. more valuable, and then they start selling when it gets uh, maybe triple the price. Okay. Um, but then this stock got suspended because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Something fishy is going on, so then the regulators say, well, we'll suspend the stock because it's not fair on regular investors that this is going on. There's misinformation in the market. Okay, great. But then when you're suspended, then these unscrupulous people will then say, oh, this is a dodgy stock, you should dump it as fast as possible. So they accelerate the dump, and they can short sell the stock so they can make a gamble on the market that it's going to go down in price. And they make the money not just on the way up, but But on the the way down. So somebody made millions out of that. Seriously? Oh yeah, millions. Yeah. Was that how much?
0: Look, I mean, Hmm. I you know, millions. Seriously?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, how many people invested in your company?
1: Well, there were at that moment there were about forty-six million shares. What in the company? No. So at at the top of that, we were worth I think fifty-five million euros as a company.
0: Seriously, Ray. Yeah.
1: So if you've got somebody that owns 10 million shares, which is possible, yeah, right? sure. and then they dump them, they can make plenty of money. Oh, my
0: word.
1: And it's, um, it's a common, unfortunately, a common practice. Um I say, I don't know much about exactly how it works, but um, <laughs> it's, so nice, it's not that you... hard to do, is it? Yeah, I mean, sure. Uh,
0: but it's so nice to sit with you and you're talking about like 55 million, right? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I, I also don't know how it works exactly, but yeah, you had this company that was worth mm. fifty five million. Yeah,
1: yeah, then... but it wasn't worth fifty five no, million. No, okay, was, but it was listed at that price. Sure, but it that's... was worth a fraction of that. I mean, yeah. if you looked at which customers we had and which revenue we had at the time, there's no way we were worth fifty five million. Yeah, uh, you know, we were worth half that or something. Yeah, you know? okay. I, even I, still. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, even still, but. Um, yeah, I mean as a as a founder you don't really think that way. You are no. always thinking of the next milestone, which is, you know, the next big customer and yeah. the next um
0: development. The next
1: development on your roadmap and everything, mm. you have your head down. You're not really thinking about that's way off. Yeah. Because that's your exit in five years from now. Yeah. You know. And if you think about the money now, then I think it's very distracting. Yeah. And if you talk to most founders, they're not thinking about that kind of cash. Mm. Um, Yeah, I mean, even I'm not putting myself in the same league as someone like Mark Zuckerberg, but he was asked, you know, did he want to put some money into this or whatever? And somebody asked him, how did he feel now? He was a billionaire, you know, when they floated on the market. Mm. And so, well, I don't have access to that kind of cash. You know, I'm just still doing the same thing. It doesn't really change anything. Yeah. Um, And that's how a lot of people are. Um, Also, the founders that I work with today, um, some of their companies are worth thirty, fifty, hundred million, but they don't feel rich because they're paid the same salary as their senior developers. Because mm. right? that's how it works—you pay yourself five or six thousand, eight thousand, mm. whatever. Um, because you would rather the money stay in the company, growing. Yeah, the exactly. Company, you know? It's so, the,
0: that's the focus. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, wow, what a what a what a roller coaster that yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Jeez because yeah. i mean you even won awards didn't you talk to me yeah. about that
1: we won um computable award startup of the year 2016 um we were selected by ibm watson to be a launching partner for their ai tool um we were chosen to be in startup boot camp in amsterdam mm-hmm. um 10 companies out of 400 applications or something yeah we we had you know a list of successes but I mean awards and medals, I mean it doesn't really mean anything. You can't
0: no, you, know, but you can't is... use
1: them to buy groceries for no, your family. <laughs> no,
0: no, of course yeah. not, Ray. Really. But you know, yeah. when you when you're an entrepreneur and you run your own yeah. company and you you're also one of the bosses and mm. you know, these are these are still nice. It's it's a sense, you know, it is a sense of mm. acknowledgement, you know, even even if it mm. is just an award. But I mean, it is nice to get that acknowledgement.
1: Yeah, it's nice in the moment, but I mean, it doesn't, it's not reality. Yeah, So um, you can regard them as like, well, some of the things were reality. So, you know, we, we signed an exclusive deal with this job board. We signed an exclusive deal with Intercontinental Hotel Group all over Europe. So we had some, some things that were really tangible. But like awards, like computable awards and stuff like that, it doesn't really mean anything. After the night, and you've celebrated like, okay, well, back to reality. You can't believe your own hype. Um, I can't remember who said it, but if you believe your own PR, you're doomed. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I think that's really true. Um, because if you just get lost in the f- the fact that oh, everybody loves us, then you stop focusing on what really matters, which is delivering something of valuable uh, a value to someone that's willing to pay for it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and once you lose sight of that, then you really are going to be in trouble pretty quick.
0: Wow, that's yeah. a nice. Uh... Yeah, it's nice to see. It's nice to hear that because well, we're living in a society where it's all Mm. about uh, the PR, right? Even if it's a personal Mm. Instagram page, or if it's it's we're living in a day where it is all about the face of what's being seen.
1: Yeah, well, that's (laughs) value has changed, right? So um, the way people consume information has changed hasn't it so mm. if you think about Instagram which I'm now engaged in yeah. on a daily basis as well with, with music um, then that's a totally different kind of product you yeah. know, in speech marks and the the consumption of it is not as a paying customer but you're delivering a different kind of value you're delivering um, images that people want to consume they want to watch on their phone yeah. um, or short video um, why do they do it you know mm. it makes them happy it's a distraction or uh, it just buys the time while they're mm. doing something else mm. <laughs> you know yeah, but yeah. it's uh, it's a very different thing to running a company you know, or selling to other businesses it's a totally different mindset mm. um, but yeah I mean I see I see Instagram as a canvas uh, when I started if we want to talk about music you know yeah. I, I started in music when I was 30 quite late Um And when I began, MySpace was still big, you know, and before they got um, pounded by Facebook, Mm. you know. Um, And so, yeah, you had a a MySpace page, but people were still buying CDs and uh, buying T-shirts at concerts and things like that. It was a very different world. Mm. And um, as a musician, your goal or or your ambition was, you know, if only we could play for a big audience, if we could play for five or 10,000 people, which actually we did in my first band, um, then 10% of them would love us uh, or 20% and they they become our f- diehard fans and they would buy our records and everything mm. and uh, you only need a thousand true fans to, I heard to, that to build a, a band or yeah. or build a, a music business basically because if, if you have a thousand and they buy everything from you um, then you can sustain yourself and you can build mm. on that where you did can, you hear that from? I don't remember who came up with it but it's true it's yeah true, I yeah. heard that as well yeah yeah, cuz if you think if you do the maths then um you know if if you can sell 10,000 CDs for example and a 1,000 t-shirts or whatever then you can you can scrape by on that every year yeah, and build on it. Yeah, a t-shirt
0: would right? be say 5 euros or 10 euros Yeah, or, yeah, and, and then, then you've got you to th- make a
1: bit of money from some shows and then all of a sudden you've got an income of fifteen, twenty thousand 20000 a year. Yeah. Which is not, you know, amazing, but as an artist, okay, I'll as settle a, for as that. As a
0: base guarantee, exactly. it's not bad. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's that's what you hope for. And um, so that was the old business, right, in the music business. Um, and nowadays, it's all changed. Yeah. But if you think about that magic show that you wished for, you, want, you wanted to play for an hour to 10,000 people and win them over. Well, now that one hour is divided over a whole year into these 10, 30, 60 second micro interactions. And that's what you have to work with. So it's just, instead of having them all in one room, Mm. they're all on a platform. They're maybe all on Instagram, or they're all on YouTube, or they're all on Facebook.
0: Which, like, triples an artist's workload.
1: Um, Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It it does, but it's also um, a lot of fun. Um, Well, when
0: when you express yourself through your creativity it is fun it is is. obviously when you start bringing in the whole business dynamic into it that's when things become Mm. you got to you got to keep reminding yourself also why you're doing it because when you mix business with Mm. creativity they can it can become a little bit
1: yeah well i gave up on that so i I gave i gave up on trying to make money from music or art that's really? it I, I just i just stopped thinking that that's what it's for yeah uh, because i i tried that with my first band in mm. prague and um we quit our jobs and went professional mm. and we paid for ourselves for 18 months two years um and then you know we started to have families and stuff and it, it wound down but it was hard
0: how old were you then
1: um 33 32 yeah yeah and um
0: and you're the singer right yeah yeah but you also do guitar don't you what what else
1: not very well but i I play well enough to write songs (laughs) and and strum along but yeah Yeah. i'm really a singer um but yeah we we basically regarded ourselves as a professional band that earned money from music Mm. to live and we managed just because we lived together in a band apartment in berlin and we lived cheap and we even busked on the street sometimes to pay the rent.
0: And was this, so Um, after Prague you went to Berlin? Yeah. So you uh, you started becoming sort of professional in Prague and then you moved to Berlin.
1: We turned professional in Berlin because um, we were playing as a hobby band in Prague Mm -hmm. and then we went on tour with another English band that were living in Berlin Mm -hmm. and they had a residency at a club and they were making money from shows and we were like, aha, that's how it's done and that's where we need to be. So then we said, well, let's all go to Berlin, mm. um, and then yeah, we were a professional band from one day to another, and it worked. Funny thing was, um, moving away, then we got paid more money to play in Prague than oh. before. How we, I, I yeah, hear these stories, yeah. right? Yeah. <coughs> so, but that worked. But anyway, those days are not really the same anymore. You know, you, just, you don't really get the same deals like you got back in two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, even. Yeah. So. Um, my wife and I talked about it a lot. You know, if we're going to do music again, because I took a break to have family and do this startup and you can't be in a startup and be going on tour, right? That just doesn't work. Yeah, You're yeah. working 100 hours a week and your life is that company at that time. So I didn't do anything in music for about five years. And then when that company, you know, when we closed the platform down, I thought, right, I really want to get back into music. I miss it. And we decided, well, we're not going to think about it paying us any money mm. at all. We're just going to have fun. Um, and that's been really liberating because then I just see these platforms and social media as just a huge canvas. And so every week we think, right, what are we going to put out? Yeah. Which pictures, which videos? So last night we were in um, the practice room recording some cover songs just for a laugh because sometimes people want to see covers, not your own material, right, and just see that you can do something else. Mm. And we had, we had a blast, my wife and I, were recording songs and we have got... Basically, karaoke tracks going on YouTube and singing along to everything from the Temptations to Radiohead and yeah. Elbow and David Bowie, and we just for two hours s- until we ran out of energy. <laughs>
0: with with your wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. So with...
1: she was filming, Sonia, um, Sonia, huh? yeah. Yeah. and um, I was behind the mic. <laughs> and,
0: and was it just the two of you? Or was just it... the two of us? Yeah. Oh, okay, no, yeah. because you just came now from doing a repetition or something. No. Yeah
1: with uh, with Laurie on piano yeah, yeah for a show but on Sunday. Yeah. She wasn't there last yeah. night. No. No.
0: No, no. no. So yeah you so because you, you just mentioned it so your show on Sunday is in uh-huh. so in Holland for you guys listening they've got this uh organization called Kluren Bede Buren. Well said. And, yeah. <laughs> and um well it's just uncanny because I happen to be scheduled to do interviews there through Highland 105. But um so basically what happens is uh people open up their homes for bands to come in and play their music, and um, Ray is going to be going into someone's home and he's going to be one of the bands that plays mm. music for the guests in the house. Yeah,
1: people wander around the city, yeah, um, with the program and they can pop in the three shows during the day. So, yeah, there could be um, you know, five people there, including Laurie and I, yeah, um, or there could be 30, we just don't know. We don't it, know, it, it's it's a good laugh, it's, yeah, it's fine, yeah
0: cool that yeah that is gonna be fun and it's yeah. a pity i'm not interviewing at your uh anyway at your um house that you're gonna be singing it but um so wow ray um and then because i'm gonna go back into things i just want to um so because it basically was uh your first company that you started what was the name of that company
1: i can't say actually
0: oh you're not allowed oh <laughs> Um, oh seriously why not um
1: we lost a trademark dispute towards the end um so i'm not actually allowed to use the name
0: you can't even say it no you're joking no i can't no look at that big smile on your face well because it's funny
1: isn't it but i mean it's it's not funny in a way but it kind of is funny yeah so you spend (laughs) five years working on something but you can't actually say the name so uh, can
0: i say the name like am I allowed to say it if I look it up on the internet it's not
1: illegal it's a um, no one's going to
0: come and do anything to me no I mean but
1: I I have actually signed an agreement with another business that we that I will not use that name anymore and I will not in
0: reference to
1: yeah I mean um, we we changed the name to Busy Labs basically um, towards the end um, because we we chose a name that was actually uh, unbeknownst to us already taken Okay. No, they, they were in existence years before us and uh, we didn't think it would be a problem um, because we, we were a software company and they were you know, a recruitment agency in oil and gas in a totally different field. Yeah. Um, but it was a problem. Um, mm. Somebody confused us and um, it annoyed them and, and rightly so, they were right actually. Um, so yeah, we, um, if we would carried on, we would have just changed our name and carried on to Busy. Uh, b-i-z-z-y which also a good name um i liked the old name which i you know will remain nameless um uh, <laughs> oh, but no, uh, somebody else that. liked it before me <laughs> so um there you go um but i'm happy that you know it, it got resolved in the end and um they took over the web domain and things like that so wow. they've carried on with their business and you didn't
0: get they didn't pay you for it or anything
1: no they don't need to we were in the wrong you All know right. so
0: and was yeah. that because it was registered at the company's house or
1: it was a registered UK trademark.
0: It was a yeah. UK trademark. Yeah. And that so that means you also can't have it in Holland?
1: Um well then they they used the prior registration in the UK um to register an EU trademark, which you can do of course. Yeah. Um so but then was we... that
0: before they when, at what point in that process? Because
1: um, well, later in the process. No, but not, once it,
0: you had already set your business We'd up.
1: already set up it, and we had um, a, a completely valid U.S. trademark. Um, oh, all So it was kind of at loggerheads because we had a valid, undisputed U.S. trademark. We owned the dot-com, everything, right? Mm. So Because we went to be a listed company, so we did our homework. Of and uh, we also told the investors who invested in us, look, there may be an issue one day with this other name. Um, And they said, oh, don't worry about it. We'll deal with it, you know. And actually, we probably could have dealt with it. We probably could have paid this recruitment company to change Mm. their name. Mm. But we didn't have enough cash to do that in the end anyway. So it it all, yeah. We we probably could have overcome it. And they probably could have got, you know, 100,000 and been very happy to Mm. change their their web domain once and pocketed 90 grand in profit, right? Uh, So it could have been okay. But in the end it all didn't matter right because we were closing down anyway so but i can't say the name
0: no oh how funny (laughs) all right so anyway so you had this no name company Mm -hmm. and then in the meantime you uh, just in a just in a very short like nutshell Mm -hmm. just run through this with me so you hey you're born in england Mm -hmm. and then did you study I uh, studied
1: stu- uh, business, specializing in personnel and HR. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then where was your first job? Like in England or?
1: In Grimsby in the north of England. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. in recruitment? No. Um, no, uh, I actually worked as a management trainee okay. um, for a company called Jackson Building Centers, a construction <laughs> sales company. Funny, yeah. yeah.
0: Funny to think back at your first job, right? A
1: Great, great business. Yeah. Still in operation. Um Still, I still know the managers there yeah. um, we were still in touch here and there actually um, Facebook's really good for finding old yeah. friends and contacts yeah. like that um, yeah and I had a few jobs uh, at that time when I came out of studying a uh, few options but I chose them because they were a family business yeah. um, based in Lincoln was their headquarters and they were a thousand people at the time okay. so, and they had a management trainee program that was quite new um, and I like the fact that they were going to look after you and show you, you know, all of the, um, uh, you know, the, the tricks and techniques. The to, and the outs yeah, of the business. A, yeah. and actually coach you and train you carefully. And um, mm. they delivered. They were fantastic. I worked for them for four years. I learned so much. Um, but, yeah, I finished my exams. And then a month later, I was sweeping the warehouse because their strategy was if you're going to work in construction, even if you're going to be a manager one day, which you're not guaranteed if you're a management trainee right yeah but you should know all of the products and you should know all of the customers and everything so you start at the bottom and the first six months you just spin around all of the departments plumbing and heavy materials and sand and bricks and whatever mm. and you handle everything because you can't sell what you don't know yeah. um so yeah I was sweeping the warehouse um packing cement onto trucks and thinking you know this everything is, yeah just getting involved and yeah. um the people were fantastic yeah you know
0: and it was a construction company they... it was a
1: construction sales uh, oh, okay. technically a builder's merchants oh, okay. in, the, in the uk yeah yeah and that was my first job and um yeah i worked there until i left the uk um
0: so which, for four years for four years yeah. and then but then that would have taken you to how old uh
1: 23
0: 23 yeah and then you moved to uh prague so then you moved to Prague. At 23, yeah. Yeah, but you only started singing at 30. Yeah. So what were you doing in Prague?
1: Um, well, I met a Czech girl yeah. in Grimsby. Okay. That's what took me to Prague. So um, there was a very pretty Czech girl dancing in a disco in Grimsby. <laughs> and being the English the, <laughs> yeah. the English bloke that I am, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to dance with her. And um, I did. Yeah. <laughs> and um, she gave me the two F off lines that girls usually use. Yeah, yeah. Which is um, you know, I'm gonna find my friend and then I'm going to the toilet. Um but she didn't know that those were F off lines in England yeah. because she's Czech and her English was patchy, right? Yeah. So I thought, well I'll never see her again. And I'm dancing with my mate or whatever and um then she comes back. I thought, okay. <laughs> so okay. So we got her phone number, yeah. took her to the movies the next day and um yeah, it was a a great romance and yeah. then we ended up, um, she was only in the UK for a year yeah. and so we ended up moving to Prague together. Um, so that was in 1999.
0: So you went to Prague for love.
1: Yeah, and um, didn't know what to do there. Um, trusted myself that I would find a job somehow and there wasn't much need for an English speaking construction salesman in Prague. <laughs> 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 so uh one has to reinvent oneself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, And uh, I thought, well, what can I do? You know, so I speak English fairly well. And um, I looked around and in the Prague Post, um, there was an advert for the British Embassy that was looking for someone to help out in the consular and visa section. And I, I got that job. I got lucky. So I had um, a good landing there.
0: And what was it? What was the job?
1: was working in the visa office, so oh, just um, in the
0: visa office, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: it was partly administrative, partly helping um, figure out which Czech people could go to the UK because mm. you needed a uh, a work permit and visa to travel yeah. to the before they were into the EU, right? Yeah. So this was ninety um, nine two thousand, um, and I, then I got restless and I talked to the ambassador and you know we got on well, um, David and I, and I said, well, what else can I do? Can I become you know like um, an expat here you know can I um, you know, be a diplomat maybe and and look at this as a career and he said no you know you have to go through the Foreign and Commonwealth office you have to start in London and get posted that's how it works mm. and so so you have to you have to get into all of that so, yeah so well, how realistic is it he said not really <laughs> I said well I can't stay here you know I mean I want to do more than just this and he said well we'd be really sad to lose you and blah 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 and he wrote me a nice reference And um, so I wrote to all of the headhunters in town and said, well, what can I do? Um, And one of them turned around and said, well, what about headhunting? Why don't we train you up as a headhunter? Okay, good, I could do that. Uh, You know, I like sales, I like business, Mm. and I can talk okay on the phone. Um, so they hired me, um, they a company called Humana International, part of MRI, maybe mm. you know them. Yeah, yeah. MRI, I know, yeah. Yeah, big network. Um, they sent me to um, Windsor for training and um, went through that and then I came back and um, I was a headhunter. Wow. And that was... My first, although I'd studied um, in HR um, and business, it was my first job in recruiting, and I loved it. it was great. It's
0: funny how when you follow your heart, how so many things start to fall into place, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you think maybe they're not. Like, at a certain moment, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, can't find a job in English. I'm just, you know, pushing through visas here in the visa office. and But actually, in hindsight, which is always great, mm. you, you moved there for love. Yeah. You established a career in recruiting, which would become eventually a company that you had set up and that went into the stock market. Mm. And you also found your music there. You became a musician in yeah, Prague. Yeah, in
1: Prague, yeah. yeah. So
0: it's amazing how you followed that mm. love interest and then that yeah. ex, you know um, blossomed into so many things for you.
1: That's how life is, isn't it? You're one thing to another. Um, yeah, um, I had a lot yeah, of fun Yeah, but in you
0: said a word earlier. You say mm. that and you shrug when you say that. But... Um, you also said, I trusted that I would find something there. You Mm. said that earlier. And it's amazing that when you do trust that Mm. things will be okay, that's also when things do fall into place.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a believer in um, giving yourself a problem to deal with. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Well, sometimes um, you can get in your own way, right? You can kind Mm. of think, well, you can talk yourself out of stuff. So, okay, in that situation... You know, I like that girl. She can't be here, so I have to be there, right? And you could look at it this way. You could think, well, I have a good job here and I have a car, right? <laughs> and you could think, well, it's going to be hard and I don't speak the language and I don't know anyone there. And you could talk yourself out of things. Uh, okay. Or you can give yourself the problem. Say, well, I'm just going to do it Um, and I'll deal with it. And I was 23, you know. Um, If you're going to do something stupid, then you might as well do it, you know, when you're 23. So, um <laughs> That was kind of my thinking, you know, what do I have to lose? And in the end, it wasn't such a big risk, actually, because I, I quit my job and I went on holiday to um, Prague and uh, did a, you know, a recce and figured out what's going on. And um, so I thought, well, yeah, it feels okay. I don't know much, but it feels like I could settle in a place like this. As a home, it could be okay. Mm. And I didn't know where I would work or anything. And uh, I thought, well, I'm willing to take the risk. And I went back to... Um, UK and I talked to my boss said, "Look, I don't want to be here you know with the greatest respect you know I want to be there uh, how soon can I get out and he said look just go and uh, he said if it doesn't work just come back and there's a job for you mm. so yeah what yeah. can you do in that situation yeah and so um, I was very lucky there um, but other times you know, in, I love
0: that though, I love that, I love that expression too, I believe in giving myself a problem, like that is such an empowering way to look at things.
1: It is and um, it forces you to think, I know it's um, you know a cliche but it forces you to think outside the box and look for solutions and stop moaning, um, so like when we set up the company, it was, um, you know, we, we, moaning. we were in Berlin <laughs> at the time and then we had um, the opportunity to join a business accelerator in Berlin or in Amsterdam and Amsterdam was by far the better program we started at mm. and Sonia, my brilliant wife and I sat together and said, what should we do? And she said, well, if it really is the best opportunity there, then that's what we have to do. And, you know, we believe in it for the family. Oh, you gave you know. me
0: goosebumps because that's so well, lovely.
1: Yeah, so that, again, is okay. We have the problem now that we have two young ones at home and you have to cope here. You've got two startups and I've got one right? in mm. in Amsterdam and we'll get through it and it's a three-month program. And as a company... As the founders. What do you mean, you've
0: got two startups, I've got She's one. She's got
1: two kids to look after. Oh, right? I like how you call them startups. <laughs> Which is way, way more challenging than running a company, as you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, sure. Because <laughs> they don't follow logic all the time. Um, and as a, as a company, we gave ourselves the problem of, okay, now we're all in Amsterdam. We have to figure out what product exactly it is and what's our market. Mm. And if you gather around a situation, you can figure things out. And we got, you know, really far. The same in in Berlin. We didn't have tons of shows or everything mm. lined up. We rented an apartment. So just to moved, fast forward, yeah. because now you're yeah. jumping now to Berlin. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. where does
0: Berlin, you know, so just yeah. let's fill in the story here because yeah. you were in Prague yeah. and then you got the job in headhunting, yeah. right? So mm. we're going to come back now to mm. uh, Berlin. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. So, so when you're in Prague, you got the job in headhunting. Um, job was great. And then... Um, how did the music form while you were in Prague?
1: Um, so I was working in, in HR and, um, my dad was, it's horrible that he can claim, um, success for this. <laughs> <laughs> my dad was visiting yeah. and, um, we were in a bar called Lemonade of a Joa. Uh, I mean, Lemonade Joe, which is apparently a cowboy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, this bar was named after a great venue and, um, it, everyone smoked in Prague then. And, uh, The roof actually lifts off um, for 10 minutes to let the smoke out and then comes back on. Anyway, they have like um, an open mic night um, and we were there and it's a real band. So it's karaoke, but it's not a machine. It's really exciting because it's a real band with drums and piano and everything. Yeah, And anybody can get up and they have a list of 50 or 100 songs or whatever that they all know as a band and they put the list around on the tables and anybody that wants to get up and be the singer for that song can go and do it. Mm. So my mate, uh, my very good uh, friend sang my way. Um, so he sang that and um, I thought, well, that you know, maybe I could do a song. And I kept moaning about all of the singers, like, oh, that wasn't very good and they could have done that better and everything. <laughs> and then eventually someone said to me well go on then clever clogs you know you go and sing a song <laughs> clever clogs <laughs> so, so uh i i knew i could sing because i sang in choirs and stuff like everybody does at school and everything right but i didn't really think that anybody would want to hear me sing mm. you know um and i'd spent years driving around as a sales rep you know in in construction singing along to cassettes and loved yeah. it. I've always liked singing. but yeah. I, Anyway, so I picked a song. I picked Imagine, you know, John okay. Lennon. And okay. I thought, that's that's easy. I could do that. And I, uh, I sang Imagine. And the band played great. Felt really comfortable. And um, then no one said anything. And I it thought... It was quiet. You it mean? was quiet. And uh, we realised they weren't applauding because they didn't know what to do. They didn't know whether who I was or whatever and there were people were a little bit surprised that it sounded real or it sounded um I guess I don't want to put myself on a pedestal but it, it sounded professional without yeah. any experience of mm. being on stage really and um, so I thought wow there's something in this you know uh, I really got got the bug for it and so then I was going around karaoke bars and like around Prague and getting every chance I could to sing
0: seriously and
1: um eventually I I realized well there are bands advertising for singers and um, i joined a couple of those and it didn't last very long um and one of them i joined but
0: like prague bands local bands or
1: yeah prague local bands but and singing um,
0: english songs obviously
1: yeah well um always um joining bands that um, were writing music mm. um so immediately i was into um being asked to write lyrics mm. and being asked to come up with melodies mm. which i also really enjoyed mm. um and i joined um a band called um pop Pleka, oh, Odpiva. Um, the tin of a beer it was called and it was a terrible name yeah. and, uh, and we we were not very good really um there were three of us you know drummer guitarist and and me and we needed a bass player we advertised for a bass player and this guy called Andre applied. Uh, and Andre's one of our best friends now. Right? Yeah. And he applied and he said he applied because he liked the vocals. And um, so he joined the, this band. We never actually had a show together as the four of us. Um, <laughs> very quickly, he invited a um, piano player, his good friend, Shimon, and um, the three of us hit it off um, and we switched out the drummer And the guitarist left and we got another guitarist and we changed the name. And so our proper band, The Roads, was born. So you
0: actually reshuffled the band around, changed the name. Yeah. Created your own band. Exactly.
1: Uh, And that was The Roads and uh, we never looked back. And the first song we made was a song called She's My Cure. Sorry. Um, She's My Cure. She's My Cure, yeah. Which I'm singing on Sunday because it was written on piano. And um, it's not been played for years. Um, so we're bringing that back, um, but that was that was the um, the introduction to music. Um, and from these, and how guys, old
0: were you then? Because you at, were was, you thirty uh, then, or was
1: thirty you... then, or thirty, yeah, thirty one,
0: yeah, something like that. Yeah. And then how long were you still in in Prague for? Just a, another year or something, or yeah,
1: another two years another until thir- thirty three. Yeah. And
0: then you went to Berlin at thirty
1: three. Yeah, we decided. Um, but we weren't making enough progress yeah. musically or economically for the band in Prague and yeah. to moved to Berlin, yeah.
0: And then the girlfriend at the time?
1: Uh, we broke up. Um, yeah, we were together for about four years. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so, yeah, because
0: yeah, yeah. you still had, what, another two, three years in Prague yeah. without her?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, yeah. Although... Um, she had a little girl when I met her, and yeah. she was um, six when I met her. She's twenty-six now, yeah, and wow. we're still in touch. So she still regards me as a father figure. Wow. Yeah, it, although I broke up with her mum, I never broke up with her daughter. Yeah. Uh, when we broke up on very good terms, I just said that I'm I'm not happy anymore. Yeah. Um, so I moved out, but yeah. I still kept in touch with her daughter, and we got on great. So, you know, She's we still in met your her. life. Yeah. Yeah. She came to our wedding last year where you were yeah then, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's great li- little Susie but she's not little anymore no she's, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: so can I put you on the spot yeah will you sing something for me
1: no <laughs> what now <laughs> yeah oh, I would rather not. I
0: always ask a musician to sing if they're a musician
1: maybe at the end if you have a guitar yeah I know oh, but yeah? I've got
0: a guitar but it's completely out of uh
1: okay well, we'll come back to that.
0: <laughs> okay, get start building up the courage. Okay, okay, all right. you can even sing. Imagine. I actually want to hear you sing. Imagine.
1: Uh huh. All right. Well, maybe we'll see. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Think about it. Yeah. Through this conversation. So, um, all right. So now you went to uh, Berlin, and then you started working in as a band as yeah. the Roads. Mm-hmm. And so, how long were you doing that for?
1: Um, from two thousand and nine. To 2011, somewhere around there, about two years, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then you were what, like 35, 36? Yeah. Yeah. And then then you came up with this idea to (laughs) start a business.
1: Um, Well, a bit more, yeah. Basically, um, I did a bit of freelance recruiting Mm -hmm. here and there to supplement the music income right yeah um and then yeah Andre and I actually um the bass player from our band we were looking for a business um something to do after music Mm. and uh, we came up with this together so okay so
0: because you also both were wanting more Mm -hmm. like intellect obviously because music is intellectual but you wanted more other Mm. stimulation or
1: yeah well we we wanted um We were interested in starting a business together Mm. because we trusted each other. Um, And we'd done all of the arrangements in a band together, all the bookings Mm. and all the planning and everything. And being in a band is very much like being in a startup, actually. Mm. It's a band of brothers that have got to do everything themselves. Um, And, you know, the team spirit has to be there and the collaboration and you Mm. wear a lot of hats and you don't have any money and everything yeah. so um it was an interesting transition from being um in a band together to being in a company together yeah um yeah and he, he came to Amsterdam as well right and was in the accelerator with us and everything yeah sure yeah so that was the transition um and then that takes us from what 36 to 40 to somewhere around Having there that because yeah. then
0: last year march you yeah. closed the business you said yeah
1: march april and um and then i've been doing my my new venture since may june last year and it's my birthday on saturday and i'll be 44 so there you go there you go <laughs> <laughs> now we're so, up to date
0: yeah now we're up to date and so so to fill in now so this new company is a recruitment company yeah and you are um so tell us briefly about this company now
1: um, so, when I announced that um, the previous business was closing, quite a few founders got in touch with me um, because I was available. Mm. And when you say uh, founders,
0: you mean of the companies yeah, uh, you were serving?
1: Uh, of other? No, no, sorry. Of of other startups, okay. not not clients, but just that they knew about us because okay. we'd been in the accelerator together, or they'd seen us in the news, or something. Mm. Um, so word had got around that, you know, I had some time and, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah so minister without portfolio. Yeah. So <laughs> people were saying, well, you know, a lot about recruiting, um, and particularly for startups. Hmm. Um, so yes, I do, I guess. Um, <laughs> can you help us hire for our startup? We've just raised $2 million and we need to hire 10 or 12 people and hmm. we really don't have time to figure this out we know exactly who we need but we don't know how to hire efficiently Mm. Uh, we certainly don't want to pay normal agency fees what can you do Uh, so I looked at that and I thought that's interesting you know coming from a founders perspective what would Mm. I want to pay and what kind of relationship would I Mm. expect so I said okay I'll help you but only if I'm exclusive I don't want to have any noise I don't want to have other agencies you know, messing about and talking to other candidates when I'm trying to talk to them and everything. So as long as I work on it on my own and I get to finish it, that's good. Yeah. Um, and so I came up with a number of like fifteen hundred euros per hire, mm. and um, which said, is
0: considerably low. It's like a which fraction, is, is right? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can yeah. pay up to ten thousand per yeah. per placement sometimes. Exactly.
1: Yeah, or or even more. Right? Yeah. And I thought, well. If I work on a couple of jobs, I can pay my mortgage and then some, right, from a couple of placements a month. And um, I'm okay with that for now. And I'll do this for three or six months until I f- until I figure out what I'm going to do next. And they kept coming. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're in a startup. And I can see you... you.
0: People that are listening can't see you, but you pull your hands up like, like you know, like that little emoji in uh yeah. In, in our phones, you know, where she's yeah. putting, he's putting their hands up. Like, mm, yeah. I'm so confused. Why do, why do they keep coming? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, <laughs> in retrospect, you're hiring a CEO to do your startup hiring, I know. <laughs> right? So it's a steal, yeah. Um, so then I thought, well, interesting. People like this. So I, you know, one customer, then a second customer, and then a third, and everything. I think, well, ah, it must be too cheap. Uh, yeah. You know, people are not even when I tell them, they're not even uh, negotiating. But yeah.
0: what, what what the win was for you is uh-huh. the fact that you had the exclusivity, yeah. and that's actually, I I mean, coming yeah. from also having had a recruitment company, like mm. that's that's gold. Actually.
1: Yeah, it is, and um, the the exclusivity comes from the trust mm. because they know I've I've walked the walk mm. uh, in their shoes, right? Um, and I can look at things from their point of view and. For every job they can come up with, UX designer, developer, salesperson, marketing, I've either managed that job before, or Mm. I hired for that job before, or fired someone in that job before. Um, So they don't have to spend a long time telling me what they need. Mm. Um, The opposite is often the case. They come with a job title, and we often tweak things together and say, actually, you know, you could look at this a bit differently, and we could, you know, nuance this to make life easier for Mm. you, well, this is two roles, not one, or do you need this now? And maybe you need this one later. So we do a bit of requirements planning. So that's really valuable. And, um, so that's kind of part of my sales process is coaching them on what they, they thought they needed and actually what we might need to do. Actually advising as well. Yeah. And they, they get that whether they work with me or not, Mm. you know, they get that insight and then they can do what they want with it. Mm. But usually they say, well, okay, now can you fill it for me? Yeah. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so yeah. we're not just selling all the time. Um,
0: but so in the company, it's you as the owner-founder. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you have how many people working for you now?
1: Um, so I have um, a marketing and lead generation guy. I have a copywriter, blog writer, and I have five recruiters. Okay. So we're still very small. Yeah. Um,
0: and where are yeah. these recruiters based?
1: I spread around. Um, Greece, um, Poland, Russia. Uh, macedonia Serbia. and these
0: startups are they where mm. are these startups all in the netherlands or Ma-
1: mainly in europe um okay yeah amsterdam rotterdam london manchester london yeah yeah europe <laughs> oh, yeah. oh well <laughs> technically it is it's the same continent still yeah <laughs> uh, even if the passport changes color um are
0: you, are you having fun yeah yeah, because I yeah. mean, let's face, it, it's like you' only it's only last March, it's a year ago now that you mm. closed down this business that mm. you know you took to the stock markets, and then you know you had some time in between. well, you mm. hardly had time in between you already, no time <laughs> yeah, you immediately yeah. got on the on the next wagon and and started yeah. this business, and it, yeah,
1: it rolled one thing into another but. <laughs> Yeah, that's how things often often go and
0: um but that's okay though for you I mean, it's uh, is yeah. that okay or did you find like mm-hmm. oh my gosh I needed a bit of headspace or is this being good mm-hmm. for you also to actually
1: yeah, i I like to stay active and give I yourself think,
0: another uh, problem you know
1: yeah well I, th- in this case it wasn't really giving myself another problem in the same way it was more this is a way to um you know keep earning money for my family yeah um which just uh, there was some turning points so in from May to um, the summertime it was just okay well I'll take on a couple more mm. clients because I can I've still got time and I can earn some more money to do it and they're happy with me mm. uh, but then after the summer um, I sat down you know with an open book and I thought actually what am I doing I, I'm kind of starting a new company here because I was doing it from my just my holding company you know like as a freelancer really and i thought no this this should be a brand it it should feel like a club of these startups and there's there's something in this so then i started to do some experimenting like okay well all these people just know me right that's why they're buying this because they just know me and they've they've heard that i could help them out but can it grow can i win clients that don't know me have never met me before you know so in October November, I ran an experiment for that, and we reached out to people cold on LinkedIn and mm. uh, people that had raised money and for their own business and asked them if they were interested and they engaged um, and that so was
0: startups as well right that was startups yeah. yeah,
1: so that was when I really realized okay this is um there's no longer me freelancing, this is actually a small business yeah um so i don't want it to become. I'm not interested in getting investors in and going on the stock market again and doing all that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a cash business that survives on its successes. Well, it's uh, not but I yeah, understand what and you does, mean It doesn't owe that. anybody any money. And, mm. you know, um, I don't want to be in that situation where, again...
0: Um, Interesting. Huh? Where,
1: where you have investors that are waiting for the revenue to catch up. I don't want to be in that. I want revenue to lead any growth that we do okay. at the moment. That's I interesting feel how most you say that. You and... want
0: the revenue to lead it forward yeah. and not investors to lead it forward. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um,
1: if there aren't clients enough to support growth, then we're not growing. Yeah, yeah and that's it. And um, to answer your question, I mean, I, I get refreshment from my hobby, right? From music. Mm. And I love being on stage and switching my phone off for a couple of hours and yeah. uh, you know, singing songs and yeah. um, and playing and writing music. And it, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I I, um, I don't feel like oh I've had no downtime or anything like that. I, I, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So, wh- when you when you and your partner Andre started the band, huh? Yeah. Um, back in Prague. And then you you went to Berlin because well you could make more money in Berlin. And then you started the company. You have huh? this this business. Mm-hmm. What What is it that for you as a musician, uh-huh. like, what triggered that? Like, what what was, what was missing, or?
1: Mm. Um, we weren't making it as a band. Okay. Yeah. We were, we were getting by, um, and we were playing great shows. Um. So we well, how do you measure success? Because you were saying
0: five to ten thousand people you played
1: for. Yeah, them. yeah, we we. We also won awards as about We won RGM Live Space, which was like a music competition in Prague. Um, we were like the best upcoming band in the Czech Republic mm. for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, we had uh, a release show for 2,000 people. Uh, we played on um, national television um, in the Czech Republic, national radio many times. And we played on German TV. We played on um, some big German shows and... Um, and then we ended up playing um, at uh, Rock for People in which one of the biggest music festivals in Europe. Okay. Um and so we did play for thousands of people. So and people still remember our songs. I still have people come to me now and say, Why was the sword never released as a track? You mm. played it live and I've never heard it on an album and stuff like yeah. this. You know, because I'm back in music, people are asking me about the old stuff. So we have um we have fans, um, for The Roads. Um but we didn't have um commercial success you know we didn't get a big record deal mm. um you know that, that catapulted us to being an international yeah. sensation or anything mm. like that we were just a a, a good local band that was well liked by a fairly small fan base then you know, mm. and that was it so um we tried and tried and tried and we we never broke out of that mold so um anyway when um uh, shimon um, told us that uh his girlfriend was pregnant and he was gonna you know to spend more time with his family and less time traveling and things and then the same with our guitar player and so they both left mm. and then it was andre and myself and a drummer uh you know without guitar and keyboards and so mm. like that this is not the same well we played a couple of gigs as a duo and it, it just wound down it, it it ran its course and we had tremendous fun mm. in that band but it had its time not to say that we might not do a reunion one yeah. day um but yeah it it just kind of had its
0: time and okay so you that was also yeah. when you say that it was for you it was also because i see you when you say it so it mm. there seems to be a yeah like an accept it there was mm. no uh conflict within yourself
1: no no it's i mean i thought it was a pity but i understood it and um i just kept going i I went solo instead so I, I wrote a solo album recorded that in Berlin put it out I recorded another album recorded that in Manchester and didn't put it out because I started a company yeah um so that second solo album is um actually at this moment waiting to be released it's waiting to be released and it will have its time this year
0: wow yeah. and then like where do these albums go like where do you find them
1: um, so uh, Spotify, everything's on what, Spotify. What's it under? Um, you'll find the the first solo record under Ray Gibson. Yeah, um, there's a Canadian Ray Gibson who's got blonde hair and is not me. <laughs> um, and she's really nice, but she's not me. So you'll have to go on to <laughs> yes. inspirationalinterviews.com
0: to see what Ray looks like yeah. or my Instagram profile. Or you,
1: or you can go yeah. to raygibson.com. Oh, yeah, of course. You can also
0: just go to raygibson.com, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, I mean, it's to to see the real Ray, they might get yeah. confused. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you might find some great music there as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can find everything. Um, and my Instagram, you can find everything from the yeah, website. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So just... Um, why is it that you think you were able to get this company on the stock market huh but then your band Uh like what do you think you could take from having got the company on the stock market into your band and to get that your band out there or your Mm. solo album out there to make that as big
1: that's a good good question um I don't know the answer to that I guess if I knew the answer Then I would already be a, a pop star With my own music I No don't know. <laughs> but maybe you've never yeah. put
0: the two together Or looked at it from I that mean, perspective
1: The music I don't like moaning But music business is not very fair right? Um, the stock market didn't end up being very fair either In the end did it But um, I guess we got onto the stock market Because we worked really hard Um We had a collaborative team. We had a good idea, good product. um, And we pitched and pitched and pitched until we found someone that would invest in us. And it just so happened that their vision for raising capital was to go public early. And they could have put in private money and we never would have been on the stock market. It would have gone in a different way. Maybe I'd still be running that business, right? Um, What could we have done, you know, musically? Um, I guess we could have hired a manager that was outside the band because mm. we did a lot ourselves maybe too much ourselves you know we were trying to book all the shows ourselves mm. and um
0: you weren't approaching it in the same way We weren't
1: approaching it as a as a business yeah. yeah um and actually with my solo stuff although I don't expect to make any money out of it my my expectation is to share stories with thousands of people right much like what we're doing now Yeah and um, in that regard, I like, I need to see a return. I need to see that mm. if I make an album, it gets heard. Mm. I don't care what money it makes, mm. but I want to make sure that it gets heard mm. so it gets downloaded for free or it gets streamed hundreds of thousands of times. That's success for me. So I do think of it from a conversion point of view. Mm. So I am using some of the um, business experience and I am applying it to the solo stuff. Um, so see the example that like now with the, the the solo the second solo album we're not trying to mix and master the whole album we're taking one song and we're going to push it around all of our contacts and try to get somebody hooked and in business terms you would call that a minimal viable product yeah which is the smallest possible cheapest possible thing you can build to make a start mm. and, and and then grow on that right yeah so we are applying some um business principles to music um, and
0: when you say we
1: well i always think about things with my wife and um, okay. my engineer in manchester um producer chris who's a great guy um and yeah, now you can't you piano can't with with, with laurie yeah, yeah i mean no one achieves anything on their own you know this right yeah you're only the products of the people around you and the support that you have so yeah uh, i don't have a huge ego that I think, oh, it's my album, no. and I'm on stage, or oh, it's my idea. No, mm. even your own ideas are from things you read from other people, right, or <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, inspired by. You don't yeah. actually own anything, so, yeah.
0: So, Ray, what's your... Are you going to sing for me, or...?
1: I'm still thinking about it. Oh, come
0: <laughs> you need to. You. you have to. Everyone's mm. going to be, like, hanging.
1: Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <please laughs> have you run out of questions, or...?
0: no not yet but
1: let's have all the questions okay
0: all right keep building up that uh the vocal get those vocal cords warm (laughs) so just to to sum it up because now we're sitting in the netherlands so and um so basically it was at that point when you were sitting with your wife and you Mm -hmm. said right listen i've got that business i've got these opportunities the best option is amsterdam you both sat down and you Mm -hmm. moved here um she had one child at the time or two actually. Yeah. The, new, you
1: know. Yeah, Maxie plus Oscar was a newborn. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks so, old. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then you guys moved over here and now you're in the Netherlands. And mm-hmm. well, you had you started a company and now you've got this company going and you're still singing in the meantime. Mm-hmm. So um what you yeah you said earlier that you don't know where this company is going to go now you mm-hmm. know let's see where it goes you're not you, you you you're just wanting it to generate good honest healthy income mm-hmm. um but you are still focusing on your music yeah yeah so what is it that brings you back to your music
1: uh mm-hmm. well i've always done music in a way um and I, I I paint as well. I I draw and paint like you do as well, right? And you yeah. never, if you're creative, it's always in you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You, you always have uh, an itch, right? Um, so even if you're working in business, you'll always find yourself getting involved in the logo design or whatever, and uh, or yeah, being if you're and everybody is creative. Um, but yeah, I, I've I've never let music go completely you know It's always been there um, I played violin at school sang in choirs sang for myself for years and then you know found my way into a band somehow mm. and um, yeah sure
0: but you have yeah. this need to share it you have this need to be in an, in front of an audience and share your mm. um, yeah share your creative your creativity sh- to share this this call it mm. a gift or you know whatever you would call it um I,
1: I, it's true I do have a need to share stories I like to um I like to dream stuff up and then I want to share it and whether it becomes a picture that gets you know painted or or drawn or whatever and put out or whether it's a song then I do like to share stories because that's, you that's write my, your songs as well yeah yeah That that's my creative outlet is is creating stories that either become pictures or songs or both mm um and yeah I um I got the book for doing that some years ago and I've never really let it go so even when I was in full-time business I still had song ideas and lyrics that I was still writing mm. um just no one heard them you yeah. know but they they were always there um
0: but now yeah. with this company because it doesn't have all these investors and it's yeah. not this like you know power driven yeah I don't vehicle. travel
1: anywhere or anything I'm basically yeah. working close to home and um it's less time because it's not a hundred hours a week anymore, yeah. you know, it's more normal, you know, time. Um, so there's more capacity to do something in music and creative and, uh, yeah, I, where the drive comes from to be creative and share stuff. I don't know, but it's, it's there. I enjoy it. And, mm.
0: um, yeah, but it's more, I mean, to share it. Yeah. I mean, to share it for an audience and to, mm. and to create an album, you know, mm. Do you have a dream in in this? Do you have a secret dream?
1: <laughs> a secret dream. Um, hmm. I like the idea of. Um, I do like the idea of stories continuing after you're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god! That's yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I just saw a boy in you right there. Yeah. Like I think that's cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. I'm not. I'm not that in love with being on stage necessarily and like being famous right I, I think that's that's not really important but um things carrying on after you're gone are, is is really interesting and um if and when songs you say
0: things you mean yeah
1: um stories songs pictures you know i think that that's really really amazing that something you created can live on after you mm. and still bring some joy to someone or help solve a problem or you know i mean with the first album um i was a bit sick at the time and um, yeah don't need to go into all of that but i I was pretty unwell and Mm. when i wrote that album and i've had people write to me after the album was released and said that they were in hospital or they were sick or convalescing and it really helped them Mm. which blew me away yeah and they they got it even though the lyrics don't say, you know, I'm I'm unwell or whatever. You mm. can hear it.
0: Can you share yeah. with like in brief mm. what your what your illness was or
1: Oh yeah, um, the
0: fact that you wrote a whole album that's quite big.
1: Um, yeah, I mean it wasn't an album about necessarily about being sick, but all of the songs, you know, have something to do with that or the but it's about an it's an album about getting well actually. Mm. So it ends joyously yes. and it's a big celebration. Yes. Um but it starts quite melancholy and, and dark and um but yeah i had um I still have problems with my my stomach is very sensitive. Mm. So my esophagus doesn't close properly mm. um which is you know, it's called esophagi- esophagusitis, if yeah. I can say it correctly. Uh which means that if I eat spicy food or drink alcohol or anything then it you get more acid in your tummy mm. um and it comes up into your esophagus yeah. and you get heartburn yeah so I thought I was having heart attacks at the time and I wasn't there was just I was having heartburn mm. right which is, is a common misconception but um, it actually ended up being a very good teacher um, to me because it forced me to stop living like a rock star yeah and um, to yeah. <laughs> actually take care of myself and not you know drink six nights a week and yeah. uh, eat burgers after shows and things yeah. like that every day um,
0: because you don't drink alcohol huh no at all.
1: no um when um we discovered what was wrong with me which was basically my esophagus doesn't close plus my lifestyle at the time yes um was not a sustainable situation yeah. um so i got advice right you need to you know calm down um you need to take a break and uh look after your diet um you can't drink too much. And basically the advice was, um, you know, you can have one or two beers, but don't go crazy because hmm. if things get acidic, then it hurts. But then it just was easier to say, well, I don't drink anymore. And that was it. So that okay. was in 2010 or something. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, all of that album was about getting well. And, you know, you really face, um, I mean, there's you kind of face mortality at that time, don't you? And you think, you know, what's going on? You know, who am I? What's all this about? Um, so it's. You know, most of um good lyrics are written through bad times, not good times. Um, yeah, oh, funny that is, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because um, lyrics written in good times tend to get a bit the same. You know, I which love...
0: is what we also need. Like, I mean, well, yeah. also these pop songs and these happy songs. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. they serve their purpose for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But you're talking about sort of the legendary songs.
1: Yeah, things that resonate with people or strike a, a, a nerve—you mm. know—they tend to be um, yeah. from pl- places where people, are, yeah, are, are struggling, going through um, difficult times, and um, yeah. But I really enjoyed writing the album, and and I got lucky with a producer in Berlin that wanted to make it with me, um, and we we put it out. Yeah, uh, and it's still there. So that
0: cool. So we can you know. find it on Spotify.
1: Yeah, it's called Fishing Muddy Puddles. Fishing
0: uh, Muddy Puddles. Yeah. Some, but if we go to yeah. Ray Gibson on Spotify, we'll find your work. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. Or you go to raygibson.com and you can get there yeah, as well. Okay, them. yeah, yeah. Yeah, the album title, um Somebody Asked Me in Berlin when we were with the roads, um, and it was like the second year of the band in Berlin mm. and we are realising that the music business was hard, right? And uh, he said, how's it going for you guys? And I said, well, it's like trying to catch fish in a muddy puddle. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really not going well.
0: <laughs> and that's when you... Uh...
1: And that, that stuck in my head and um, that became a song one day. Oh, wow, cool. Yeah. So, cool. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so um, my last question, well, I never have like a definitive last question because I don't have a list of questions, but... Um, mm. I just want to quickly go to one thing, because you said, you know, when you die, it's nice to leave something behind. Mm-hmm. Why are you aware of that?
1: Hmm. Um, I don't know. But I think uh, there comes a point, you know, in your 30s and 40s when you start to think that, right? You start to think, I'm coming to the middle of my life, maybe, you know? Um or you've done a few things and some have worked and some have not worked as you expected and you start to wonder you know what your life is going to be about what you're going to look back on um you know when you are 80 90 or whatever and you can't do as many things as you want to do maybe what do you want to look back on that you've uh, you've contributed to you know was it um you know growing a nice family and Experiencing all that, which is is fantastic, you know And um, so that's really important to me That's number one Right, Having taken years out um, Growing a company which was like my baby for several years No more, right The family is absolutely number one And everything is secondary So whatever I do with a new business or music Or if I have to go on tour, they're coming with me You know, whether they like it or not (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I think Probably it doesn't have to come at a certain time in your life does it but at some point you gain more perspective and you you think what's really going on here Um, there's a good song isn't there um, Time by uh, Pink Floyd that uh, one day you find ten years have got behind you no one told you when to run you missed the starting gun you know you realise that life has been moving on and it's not a rehearsal and it's not some preparation for something later it's been going on already Um, so you better think that you're doing things that matter, you know? Yeah. Does that answer your
0: question? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Lovely. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's the fact that you are all in, you're going out there, you're, you, you know, what, what really drew me to, to invite you into the studios, because, um, like I said, I don't know you well. Like I, I'm, I'm friends with your wife, but we never really get the chance to talk because, mm. You know the kids running around and it's chaos and yeah. <laughs> um yeah you just don't have a conversation you know um mm. but i've i've i'm being observant as i am i i see that you're you're out there going getting like you you are go-getter and um it's nice to to find out about how your mind thinks, you know, and the fact that you start these businesses, the fact that you move to Prague for love, and then you know you you go out there and you you create these situations for yourself you you do seem to also be super creative in creating opportunities for yourself,
1: mm, yeah, maybe <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think mm. also it's like you know with with this situation where these companies approached you, you could have said no. And you know when huh? when the no name mm. company closed down, yeah. you could have said no, but you were just well. Obviously, you needed money to support your family as well. But um, no, you you have a, a very positive way of approaching life. And
1: well, I, I'm lucky in that because Sonia and I are very supportive of each other. You know, and um, we believe in taking opportunities. Um, when things come up if it feels right then you have to give it a fair chance mm. um, and I'm very happy now that I have more flexible time that Sonia gets more opportunity to take risks um, and throw herself into her work mm. and her career because she's done great bringing, bringing up our two boys yeah. already but now it's her time and who knows what she's going to do You know, yeah. maybe she'll be a, a filmmaker or I have no idea you know, and so that's going to be exciting as well um, to see what she does.
0: Mm.
1: And we have a lot of fun working on things together and sharing everything. So I, I couldn't do anything without Sonia. I mean, I made a, a joke at a show once and she was in the audience that life before meeting Sonia was like driving a car with a handbrake on. <laughs> 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 screeching and difficult, you know. And uh, <laughs> and now
0: it flows. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So what advice would you give to people out there who have this you spoke about it as this itch huh uh-huh. with your creativity or but they they've never painted or they've never mm. um Stood on stage to sing. Maybe they do sing in the shower or in the car, like you did. Mm. Except you had your cassette tape. Now they'll have their uh, yeah. streaming yeah. into the radio. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, what's your advice to people? Here, you have started a company that's gone into the stock market. You've you've started another business. You've started bands, and these things have all they have they have all gone out into the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like you've been a closet band in the in the basement yeah, and stayed yeah. there or. So what's your advice to?
1: Um I think it's this. important I, I don't like to to preach, right? <laughs> so no, at the risk you, of preaching you're not to because others because I'm asking yeah. you a question. Okay, so. Yeah. I mean I know what works for me but um I think it's good to follow things through. Um it's it's easy to talk yourself out of stuff, you know. So someone, let's say someone's sitting and they they have a, an image in their mind. And they think, oh, that would be good to have on the wall. Or just have a go. No one's going to see it if you don't like it. Um, mm. But, you know, some people will talk themselves out of it. Like, well, I, you know I can't paint very well. Or where am I going to get the stuff from or whatever? Well, just, you know, you can... I mean, uh, Turner used to paint with chocolate or anything, right? He was mad. Who? Uh, Turner.
0: Who's yeah. Turner? Uh,
1: you know, the English painter, with all the shipwrecks and everything and... Um,
0: I'm not familiar with
1: him. No, William Turner? No? Okay, doesn't matter. But um, I mean, you can paint with anything you have around the house. You don't need to go buy expensive equipment. Yeah, Yeah. 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 I mean, you can create an image from anything. Um, If you have an idea, um, it's always good to follow it. So I followed that myself. If I have the the genesis of a song, just one line, you know, like fishing muddy puddles. Okay, what does it mean? You know, and then follow that through and write down and think of ideas and lock yourself away for just thirty minutes and uh, and just try to stay with the the emotion of that idea just for a short time and see where it goes. And maybe it goes nowhere. Um but I think people often busy and um not listening to them themselves and their own um Desires. Desires and thoughts and and not always um Maybe they don't give themselves permission to follow things through, you know. Um, but I think everybody uh, can can create something that's interesting to share or they want to just create something that they just keep for themselves. I mm-hmm. mean, you could... Um, one of our neighbours writes stories and stuff and she's been writing them for herself, for herself for a long time and now she's deciding to publish and making a book cover and it's fantastic. Mm. So... Um, i think having giving yourself permission to follow things through having the energy to do it not worrying about whether people like it or not or 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 not talking yourself out of it i think that's really important and that applies to you know painting pictures writing songs making a business um going out somewhere making new friends or or anything you know i think often we can get in our own way um and it's just about being a bit brave and saying no let's just have a go you know, mm. I mean, kids are fearless, right? They'll, mm. yeah. If you copy children, then you're bound for success, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They know no boundaries, right? Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> sun yeah. Sun in the corner. <laughs> 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 Looks great. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, so
0: funny when you talk about your kids, your whole face lights up. You yeah. That yeah. twinkle in your eye. Um. Mm. And how how important do you think it is to if you have this normal job, like a. Huh? Mm-hmm. And so, how important is it, do you think, to have creativity in your life? Mm, like, uh, I know you can get creative in a job. Like, every job has an element of creativity. Most jobs do. But I'm talking about yeah about writing on your own or i'm talking about painting for yourself that sort of connection of creativity unless you do Mm. that already as an artist or you are an artist but i mean i'm talking about the general people who aren't artists but Mm -hmm. yeah how important do you think it is
1: i think it's very important um not not necessarily for a specific goal but just to stretch your thoughts and your imagination and um many people are creative without labeling it so right um i mean if you take any parent you know a mum with children making up stories at bedtime that's creativity isn't it you know um you don't have to write it down and publish it Mm. um but it's about exploring your mind and it's healthy isn't it so i think not everybody has to be creative and label it so but I think it's a shame if people get stuck in a rut of doing the same thing only day after day, right? So um, I think everyone should be um, you know, trying to grow in some way and maybe you can't grow in your job so you have to grow outside your job and read and explore other ideas but maybe you can use your career as a way of growing and you know, you shouldn't be the same person in 10 years that you are today, you'll be totally different. I mean, how boring if you're doing exactly mm. the same thing and thinking the same things in 10 years from now. Yeah, that's... Uh... Why? <laughs> that's
0: a stifling thought, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So um, in that regard, you know, creating stuff can help to to stretch things out and to yeah. explore new ideas. But it, there are no rules to it. It can be anything, mm. you know. It can be sport. Um, you know, it can be anything at all. Yeah.
0: So what makes you the most happiest? Uh, (laughs)
1: Um, I do like it when something's new, you know, Um, when you have a new idea um, for anything. It could be be, um, something simple like, you know, we have three weeks off in the summer. Where are we going to go? Yeah, yeah you know and it's like a blank page yeah that's brilliant you know so uh, just thinking of all the things that are possible and um, I I like throwing myself into little projects basically that's what me I like to stay busy um, don't like to sit around too long Mm. Um, if you take me on a beach holiday I'll be um, finding some way to make something rather than lay there or whatever and um, yeah so I like to dive into little projects and Mm. figure things out
0: yeah so if you could have one, if you could tap into like one philosophy that you think you've always lived by, and this is my last question because I'm hoping you're going to sing for <laughs> this, right? So get those vocal cords warm. But if you could tap into one, one main philosophy that keeps coming back into your life, what would that be? Mm. That, you know, that, that serves you, a philosophy that you know comes into your life constantly serving you through these different phases and through the ups and the downs
1: um yeah very good question Mm, i think it would be i'm struggling to put it in just a few words Mm but um being brave enough to follow things that interest you regardless of what they are or where they are you know okay this girl interests me but she doesn't live here Mm. well let's go there um this company's interesting but it can't be here it has to be in amsterdam well let's go there um you know there was a lot of times when i was very nervous about being on stage um when we first started the band but you know you have to be brave enough to think well if you want to write songs and share them this is part of it we're yeah. gonna to have to get up there and at some point um you have to cross a line where there's no going back right so if you walk onto a stage and everybody sees you then you yeah. better open your mouth and sing something.
0: Right? Yeah. yeah, you commit. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Past the point of no return.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, sometimes you have to kind of trick yourself in, into doing things you're not comfortable with. Yeah, I think that's maybe one of the things I, uh, if you want to talk about like a philosophy, is um, n- not relying on uh, feeling comfortable and being prepared to be uncomfortable because it's worthwhile mm. that you're going to go somewhere new or explore something exciting or help someone out yeah yeah
0: stunning lovely ray it's been so nice to chat to you this is like Mm -hmm. awesome i mean i've never i've never had this opportunity (laughs) to like really ask you questions so thank you so much for coming
1: i've very enjoyed it yeah yeah Yeah, thank you i know what you're gonna ask me now (laughs) Yeah, you are gonna sing for me now you know So it, it won't be perfect because no, it's uh, cool. It's not, but it will be real. Okay. We'll um, I can sing maybe the first few words of "Imagine," which is the first song I ever sung live. So, awesome. would that be okay? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, "Imagine" by John Lennon, <laughs> not by the Beatles. Everybody thinks it's one of the Beatles' best songs, but it's not by the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. I. I I I I I Oh my word, that was.
0: What, yeah, what a stunning interview. I mean, enough said, right? Ray, thank you so much for coming into the studio with me. Your wisdoms that you shared were unbelievable. And you believe that things will work out. And you believe that, like you say, giving yourself a challenge, give yourself something to worry about. What a inspiring and empowering way to think about things. Hearing someone's story so dynamic and diverse of building a music career for like 10,000 people you had on your stage, you know, uh, and then building up a company that goes onto the stock exchange. Hello, I have a lot of respect that you're able to, yeah, really take your creativity and make something of it. And It's not that you're on top of the charts at the moment or yet, um, but the fact that you actually have put an album out, i still try and get my head into it. Having had this conversation with you, I now understand how your brain works and I love the the wisdoms that you live your life by and that you've obviously learned through your life. So, Ray, once again, thanks so much. And um, it's now going to be time for me to introduce my next guest. So before I introduce my next guest, just a heads up once more, um, as I said, Uh, would love to do more on assignment interviews. So whether it's in the Netherlands or abroad, that's not a problem for me. Just send me a message on uh, inspirationalinterviews.com. Shortcut that to Jen at inspirationalinterviews.com. So guys, yeah, the next guest on my show, the reason why I called her into the studio is because she's actually my dentist. She's my new dentist. And here I was in the dentist. Had my two kids with me. And yeah, you know what kids are like. My son had fallen asleep. My daughter was amazing on on the chair because I thought we'll all go together. But then my son woke up when I had to go on the chair and then he wouldn't leave me. So he was lying on top of me while Sarah was busy in my mouth. Um, The next thing he was he was uncomfortable. I don't know. He wanted to get up and he wasn't happy. So there Sada was holding my little boy while she was busy with me. I mean, she even had, obviously she has her assistant. Yeah. Sada was busy holding my son and busy with me and her energy was so vibrant and I needed to find out who this person was. So Next week, you're going to find out who Sara is. And plus, by the way, she has started her own little gym. So here she is. She's a dentist and she has her own little gym. So next week, I'll be seeing you on the flip side with the uh, von der Poepa. In the meantime, guys, have an amazing week. And please don't forget to like the show. If you have made it this far, very very proud of you because i know that in this day and age it takes a lot of brain muscle to hear a full story we need people to share their stories we are all human beings together we're on this journey together give us a like send me a message uh, on my website or subscribe as well if you like as i always say my current affairs is on instagram which is also inspirational interviews and of course, I'm busy also on Facebook, um, YouTube. I'm kind of getting there with YouTube. But at the moment, really, the main platform is the podcast, of course. So the YouTube channel will start to grow when I when I get someone on board to help me with that. But in the meantime, this is the main platform. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so proud of you for listening this far. And uh, yeah, see you on the flip side.